morning, church. Man, oh man. It is great to be back here with all of you this morning. It is Sunday, church. What does that mean? It is absolutely our fun day. The fact that we can gather together as his body and sing praises to his name because he's the only one who deserves it. Amen? Amen. All right, and celebrate life change through his son, Jesus Christ. Good morning to all of you who are joining us online. We love the fact that we have the team and the technology to reach you where, where you are this morning. I pray the word of God inspires you to draw closer to him this morning. And also, good morning to our guests. Come on, church, give it up for our... If you are new with this morning, man, we love the fact that you are here. We're, ex- we're excited that you're with us. We pray that you, when you walked in this morning, that you're made to feel loved and welcome here, and we want you to come back and join us. If you haven't figured it out yet, this church is all about Jesus, right? Come on, we're all about Jesus here. Our desire is to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. That's why we exist. Church, we're going to jump in this new series this morning called Fast Forward. It's a series that I think is not only crucial for us to understand, but relevant for every single one of us in this room. You know, throughout the years, we've had multiple conversations together talking about the here and now, what God calls us to do in here and now, how it affects our lives. Uh, But what what we don't usually talk about is what's coming next. How important is it for us to understand what's next? Should I even care what's next? Should I even know what's next? You know, multiple times on Sunday, many times on Sunday morning, I share that Jesus is coming back. Amen? Amen. He is coming back. One day he is coming back and setting everything back to the way it was in the beginning of creation. Where you see Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, God created the heavens and the earth, and man, everything was absolutely perfect. But sin entered the world and changed everything. And one day Jesus is coming back, and he's righting every wrong. He's fixing everything that's broken. There will be no more pain. There will be no more disease, no more death, no more murder, right? No more evil, amen? Amen. That is a day that we as a church look forward to with great expectation. That is the living hope that we know we're going to be with him forever, ever, amen. We actually, we have this book called the Bible, church. Read your Bible. If you get to the end of it, Revelation chapter 22, verse 20, it says, He who testifies these things, he, Jesus, is saying, yes, I am coming soon. And the church says, amen, come Lord Jesus. Come on. Right? We're waiting for him to come. We're waiting. Like, come on. We're like, show up. We're stoked. That's the come. Because life may be great now, but it fails in comparison with what is coming next. It's going to be a day of glorious praise. You think this worship is, a, is amen. Man, wait till you get up there. And it's my hope through this series that we can open up the doors on these conversations and try to reveal them in a way that we can all grasp and answer that question, what is next and identify how it directly implies impacts all of us everyone in this room everyone who's watching online anyone who's listening to the podcast down the road how does this impact us you with me all right open your bibles if you would to john chapter 14 john chapter 14 we're starting at verse 1 this morning if you grabbed an orange bible on the way in you'll find it on page 736 john 14 1 page 736 of the orange bibles As we step into this morning's conversation, 
Uh, Jesus had just finished washing his disciples' feet. He had set in place the, the, the first communion that we'll be partaking together later on this morning. And he also shared with his followers that he wouldn't be around much longer, that he was going away. He had to go away. He was going to leave them. And now we step in and look at chapter 14, verse 1. It says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believed in God, also believe in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also be where I am. Let's stop right there. In these first three verses, Jesus shares flat out there is a continuation to the plan. Right? There is something next. There's something next for every single one of us. What we see isn't all there is. What we've already experienced isn't all there is. There's, I, he says, I'm going to heaven, my father's house, preparing everything to come back to get you to be with me. Now, if you ask me, that should bring great excitement and joy and encouragement to our lives, knowing that we're not done when we're done. When we're done here, when I take my last breath, when the God gives me every breath, when he says I'm done, I'm not going to give you another one, I'm going to go be with him. There's something more. And that's for everyone in this room, you need to understand that. This isn't all there is. There's something coming next. And Jesus opens the door and tells us exactly what he's going to do. He's like, I'm going to go prepare a place for you, and I'm going to come back and get you and to bring you to be with me. Come on. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Well, what he says next is something that we all must wrestle with. Look at verse 4. You know the way to the place where I'm going. He's having his conversations with his disciples. He's talking to them and saying, okay, listen, listen, listen. You believed in God. Don't be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe in me. I'm going to prepare a place for you, and you know where I'm going. You know the way to where I'm going. Now, how to get there and understand so like, what it means to, for us to walk through this, I have to ask us a question. If he's telling his disciples back then, they know where you're going, I want to ask you, do you know the way to where he's going? Do you know the way? He's, asked, he's telling his disciples, you know the way. I'm asking you, do you know the way? If Jesus proclaimed to his followers that there was something next, this isn't all there is, we're going to fast forward to something's coming and there's a way to get there. Do you know it, church? In fact, if you're taking notes this morning, if you're not taking notes, maybe you should take notes. Write this on your arm. Write this on your program. Put it in your phone, whatever. Ask yourself, do I know the way? Do I know the way where the place that Jesus was going? Now, before we answer this, I want you to write that down. Before we answer this, I want to step back. And I want, this is a conversation that's like the big picture of this series. I want to give you a big picture of all things. There's a timeline that should, should be seen and we can walk through. But I want us to be honest this morning. Um, we need to first admit what the Bible says about the future is a little weird. Come on, come on. Think about that. If you don't know what the Bible says about what's to come, and you go to the end of your books of the Bible and you read the book of Revelation, you would think that you're in the middle of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Kid you not, think about this. There's dragons, there's scrolls, signs, seals. All we need to do is write in the names Bilbo Baggins and Gandalf the Great, and we'd be good to go. <laughs> think about it. It's absolutely crazy, right? 
It sounds crazy, but remember, the Bible is filled with crazy, weird, true stories. How about the virgin birth? The virgin gave a birth to a child. Sounds crazy. Sounds impossible. What about, what about Noah? Dude's building a boat, and he's got all these animals two by two going in. Sounds crazy, but it's true. It happened. Think about this. There was a guy who predicted his own death and resurrection, and he pulled it off. What? Crazy, but true. That's what we're looking at this morning. So we walk in through this. We need to understand what God is revealing. It may, may sound crazy, but we serve a crazy, awesome God who can do more than we ever think or imagine. Imagine. We think we got an amazing imagination. Man, sci-fi movies have nothing compared to what's happening, what's coming next. Jesus teleported. Boom, 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 in different rooms, different times. What's up with that? So I want to give you a visual picture of what's coming. You can see on the screen what's taking place to help us give a what's coming, and this is a timeline. We start off with the Old Testament in Israel, right? This is the Old Testament. This is God stepping in the scene. This is God creating everything from nothing, right? This is the beginning of the book of the Bible, Genesis. God created the heavens and the earth, right? And this is where sin stepped in, right? Everything was perfect. In Genesis chapter 3, sin stepped into the world. And we're with humans, the first humans, Adam and Eve, they, they rejected God, his truth, and they chose themselves over him. But this is what, when all this was going down, this was happening, God already had a plan, Right? In Genesis chapter 3, verse 13, he set in motion a plan to restore all things. And then we, and he had a plan to fix it all. Then we get to this moment, and God chooses a group of people. Those are called the Israelites, his chosen people for a chosen purpose. And the purpose of this people was point people to the other people around in the surrounding nations to this one perfect God, right? And it started with this guy named Abram, or we may know him as Abraham. Look what God said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15. He says, he took him outside, Abraham. He said, look up to the sky and count the stars. Indeed, if, if you can, count them. He said to them, so shall be your offspring. Abraham believed the Lord and his credit is righteous. So he went to this guy and said, I am going to birth a people through you, and you're not going to be able to count them because there will be so many. We were just thinking about the Israelites, but we're also talking about the, being with God ourselves in the church today. What's amazing about this period of time, if you go back to that timeline real quick, what's amazing about this period of time is during all this was going down, through the entire Old Testament, they continually pointed to the one that was going to come. Continually pointed to the Messiah, the Christ, the one who's going to come and change everything. Look at this in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. We normally read this at Christmas. But look at this. For us, a child is to be born. A son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That is Jesus. Right? So all this was taking place. All that took place, and that leads us to Jesus. In fact, from the time of Abraham to the time of Jesus was roughly 2,000 years. And like I say all the time, Jesus changes what? Everything. Jesus changes everything. 
Jesus came, he lived a perfect life, he went to the cross and got pierced for our sin, died for our sin, because he loved us. He knew the sacrifice that you made, and he looked to the humanity and says, no, I got it. I will pay the price for you. Greater than that, he conquered death. I just talk about rising to the grave three days later. And scripture says, having faith in him, surrendering our lives to him, we too will conquer the grave. That's Jesus. That's the reason he came. But then he did something pretty cool. He established what we call the church. The church. This is the age we're in right now. This is the time we're now, when we've been sitting in this church age for almost 2,000 years. We have now Jesus and his bride. And his bride, we were, that's what we are called, to be on mission to share his message, the gospel message of salvation to everyone who are around us so they can be with us. Jesus says very clearly in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. So now we get to go back to the beginning. Creation, sin, God's coming, Jesus comes, sets in place a purpose for the church. And he says, I knew he will return. And in fact, you go back and read your Bible, Acts chapter 1. I'm throwing a lot at you. Keep up with me. I'm sorry. Um, Acts chapter 1 is the birth of the church. Then, move to the rapture. That's what's coming next. This is where Jesus comes down and he hangs in the sky. Not touching the earth, but everyone who has ever surrendered lives to him will be raised to him up in the sky. He calls us to meet with him, and he takes us to be with him forever. First Thessalonians chapter 4, we're digging this next week, but read through this with me. It says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven, and with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel, with a trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, those who are still alive will be left caught up in the air, with him in the clouds and meeting the Lord in the air. And so we'll be with the Lord forever. That's the rapture that's coming next. And then after the rapture, we turn to the tribulation. This is another step what's coming next. The tribulation is one of the worst time in human history. During the tribulation, billions will die. It will take war and conflict that we've looked through and we've been through in our human history, put all together, it will look like an elementary scuffle at the school garden, playground compared to what's to come in the tribulation. Because the ugly time, because Jesus knows this is coming, that's why he had the rapture. In fact, he says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 10, since you have kept my command to the endure patiently, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come and the whole world will be tested in heavens of the earth. Stop right there. We have the rapture. It's, it's going to get bad after that. So Jesus pulls us up because he doesn't want us to go, his bride to go through the pain. We'll dig into both of those things next week. So if, you're, if I have lost you, you have questions, you're like, oh man, I want to hear more about that. Come back next week. And then we have Jesus' return. This is the second coming of Christ. This is the return of the king. See what I did there? Yeah. Some of you are with me. Some of you are like, whatever, Rich. This is when Jesus comes back, right? 
When Jesus ascended to heaven in Acts chapter 1, the angel said that Jesus will come back in the same way that we have seen him go. He'll, he'll ascend, he'll come back down. This is when his feet hit the ground at Mount Olives, and he's going to be saying, I'm back, I'm in charge, everything is going to change. And Jesus will rule for a thousand years. And during this time, there'll be an unprecedented amount of peace throughout the earth. Actually, the prophet Isaiah wrote about this 700 years before Jesus' birth. Look at this, Isaiah chapter 11. It says, The wolf will live with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat, and the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and the little child will lead them, and the cow will feed their bear, and feed with the bear, and the young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like an ox. Satan, during this time of Jesus' millennial 1,000-year reign, will be held in captivity in hell, and then it leads us to the last stage of all things, is judgment and eternity. This is where everyone will stand before God. Everyone who's had lived or living will stand before God. Philippians chapter 2 says that in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under earth, and every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord and to the glory of God the Father. Every human being who's ever lived and will live will stand before God and give account for their lives. And God will open up this book. And his book is called the book of life. And he starts a separation process for all eternity. Sheeps and go. Those who've rejected him will spend eternity in the lake fire, separate from their creator. Those who've said yes to him will spend an eternity with him in heaven and because their names are written in the book of life. And they'll be in the new heaven and the new earth. And right now you're like, oh my word. That was a lot. But if we can show that timeline again, that's the beginning to the end. And then though, there's those, I get understand, those who look at these last parts with variations, so like these, I think these are going to start here, and this is going to happen here, and I get that. Um, but the point is not to look at the differences. That's not the, the point is not the variation. The point is that this has already happened, the first half, and this is all to come. If we can look at the word of God, friends, and hold to the Old Testament, hold to there was a beginning of all things, hold to that sin entered the world, hold to that God was going to send the Messiah, hold to that Jesus came, hold to that he came and lived and died and rose in the grave, hold to the established church, hold to the idea that we have eternity with him if we surrender our lives to him. If we can believe all that, then we have to take the same heart and eyes and mind and life and believe that all this is coming, no matter how crazy we think it is. Because if this is true, friends, this is true. You with me on that? Jesus said he's going to prepare a place for us. He said, going back to verse 4 of chapter 14, you know the way to the place that I'm going. Look how his disciples responded. Thomas said to him, Lord, in verse 5, Lord, we do not know where you're going, so, show, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, look at this, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to me, comes to the Father except through me. Jesus makes abundantly clear 
that he is the only way to make it to the end of all this to be with God in heaven for all eternity. And this is why we talk about this all the time. If Jesus says, okay, he says, I'm going to prepare a place and you know the way, and he made it very, very clear, he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to dad except through me. You wonder why I present the gospel all the time. Talk about you surrendering your life to Jesus. You wonder why I say, hey, there's invite cards. We want you to invite people to church. You wonder why I talk about this all the time. I'm like, why is Rich talking about this? Because if Jesus is the only way to the Father, people need to know. Right? I'm not making stuff up. I don't want to waste your time on a Sunday morning. I'm telling you because of this importance. In fact, it gets even more urgent than that. Look what Jesus says in Matthew 24, verse 36, about this all this second coming taking place. What's next? He says, about the day and the hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Point number two this morning. No one knows when the next event will happen. Nobody knows, only the Father. And if no one knows when the second half of all things are going to kick in place, and Jesus is the only way to the Father, the only way to spend eternity in heaven, what are we to do? What are we to do? If Jesus is the only way, We don't know when the second event is coming. And when the second event comes, it's too late. What are you to do? Get ready. Are you ready? Do you know the way? Do you need to make it right with God this morning? Have you never surrendered your life to him? And today, okay, listen, listen. I know I'm believing in Jesus, but I don't know what's coming. I mean to make it right with him. We have no idea when this heaven and this earth is all done. But we do know that Jesus is coming back. But we just don't know when it is. Are you willing to gamble your eternity on waiting? In a couple of weeks, we'll be talking about heaven and hell. Friends, hell's a place we should never want anyone to be. That is why so often we talk about you giving your life to Jesus. That's why so often we talk about you who know Jesus that go tell someone about Jesus. It's the only way, and we don't know when the second half kicks off. Friends, giving your life to Jesus is the best decision you can ever make. Because heaven is the best destination you can ever have. If you're in this room like, Rich, I have done this. I've said yes to Jesus. 
will understand that we will be held accountable for the lives that we lived. We'll be held accountable for every word that's come out of our mouth. How should our lives be different? Reset. More than that, if you know and believe in Jesus is the only way, and we don't know when the next event is coming, and we know it's too late when he comes, who do you need to tell? Remember that list I had you write a couple weeks ago? Maybe it's them. See, we often think about end times. We don't think about the implication, what it means for all those around us. We don't think about the, what it thinks about the implication, what it means for our lives right now. I'm, if I'm going to be held accountable when I see Jesus face to face, man, maybe some things I need to change. If I'm going to be held accountable for my life, maybe I should be telling other people about him. As we come to the table this morning, I can't think of any other way to set in place a reminder for us that he's coming back. I can't think of any other better, better way to, as a reminder of what we're called to do and how we're called to live. Because fast forward, it's coming. Are we ready? Are you ready? And what is God calling you to do during this time while we wait? You know, in, in 1 Corinthians, Paul writes down the words of Jesus about, about communion. This is, this is right before we read this morning where Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples. I call them like the Motley crew, right? They're in this upper room and they're, they're hanging out and they're talking. And Jesus is having this really intimate conversation with them. And Jesus, I'm going to read these words to you. This is what he's saying to them. He says, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he also said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink in remembrance of me. For he says, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Come on, Jesus. Come. He says, so then whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, of the body and the blood of the Lord, they'll be sinning, excuse me, will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink the cup. For those who eat and drink it without discerning the body of Christ will drink judgment on themselves. not this crazy uplifting conversation this morning is it (laughs) but it is maybe it's bringing us back to the table for a purpose maybe we made life about our own stuff maybe there's things in our life that we need to make right with Jesus you know Jesus said I am the only way and he's willing to be pierced and die for our sins. Maybe he's calling us up this morning and says, okay, do you remember that? Do you truly remember the cost to give you life? Father, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to come and worship you. 
Thank you for the reminder of what it cost you. Thank you for your word of truth that tells us what's to come and what our hope holds to and that we as your children will be with you forever. Lord, I pray for all of us in this room that we will take stock of just that. And I pray for those who are in this room who don't know you are being challenged right now what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. What it, what it takes to be with you forever. And right now I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward. And if you're in this room and you've never accepted Jesus, you have questions, you want to do that this morning, whatever it may be, I encourage you to come forward and talk to our prayer team. They would love nothing more to walk you through what it looks like to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and have a life change for all eternity. And maybe you're struggling this morning. There's things walking through in life. You know, again, in this world, we'll have trouble. We'll deal with hardship. Jesus is very, very clear with that. Maybe you're struggling this morning. Come and talk to our prayer team. Let them pray over you. Let them pray with you. We believe in the power of prayer. We want to lift you up to the one, the only one, who can fix what you're walking through, encourage you in what you're dealing with, and give you the strength to walk step by step with him. Come pray. God, we do all this this morning in remembrance. And I echo, we echo what John said. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And all God's children said, amen. Have a blessing of week, church. We'll see you next Sunday.